Welcome to the Therapy Thoughts Podcast. This is Tiffany Rowe. I'm a clinical mental health counselor and psychology teacher in Utah, and I want to change the mental health game. The Therapy Thoughts Podcast is all about breaking down therapy-related topics and making mental health information easy to understand and super accessible. So join me for quick and direct educational episodes and some deeper dives with experts from around the world. Together, we are going to break down stigma. We're going to help each other make peace with mind, body, and food. We're going to make therapy cool and invest time in our mental health. Let's do it here, one therapy thought at a time. What's up, Therapy Thoughts podcasters? Ah, shoot, we got a treat today. I am sitting with Lindo Bacon, uh, and it's such an honor. Welcome to the podcast. Oh, awesome to be here, Tiffany. And I'm I'm always so blown away at you know like the 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 fandom. You know, it's like <laughs> I'm like so down to earth and. You know, like, I don't know. I don't know where that's coming from. It's like, I just feel like I'm just, there are so many amazing voices out there, people just doing their thing. And um, I'm glad to be a part of that. And, you know, I, like I listen to your stuff. You're, you're doing such awesome work, having such an impact on people. And, um, you know, it's it's great to be recognized, you know, and I'm just part of a big thing. <laughs> oh my gosh. And humble. Like that's not helping my, my fanning <laughs> situation. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, okay. So for those of you who don't know, like this podcast, everyone who comes on my podcast has to sign like a waiver. That's like, this is a health at every size aligned podcast. This, that is literally Lindo Bacon's brain child. Like you registered and created this movement and i mean you you have you are changing the game you are a mental health game changer so well you actually, are the that you know that's also that's a great place to begin because um i know that's my reputation and i want to actually change that precise oh. was a huge movement long before i'd ever even heard of it oh my gosh yeah i know and um, I'm sorry for the ways in which I've participated into this belief system where people think that I started the movement. And I imagine part of that, or a large part of that, is because I wrote a book entitled Health at Every Size. But I wrote that book more to capture what I was seeing in the movement. You know, and I actually do even have that disclaimer in the be beginning of the book, you know, mentioning that I didn't start this, et cetera. Um, but for some reason, people seem to bypass it. And I, I mean, I guess it makes sense. I've written a book of that title. So everybody's got associates the movement with me starting it. But no, there's this huge movement that was in place long before me. And um, right now, there are so many more people that are so much more active in the Health at Every Size movement than I am. So I want to see what I could do to kind of separate myself. And um, and I also think that it's no accident, too, that people have that belief system and that a large part of it has to do with the fact that 
I'm white, mm. that I have a lot of education behind me and a lot of like privilege so that people are able to see me. Um, and they're not able to see like, say the, um, the roots of the fat people that were advocating for this long before me and are still advocating for it very powerfully because their voices don't get heard as loudly as a slender or white person with so much privilege. So the fact that I have that reputation is in large part because of social injustice. And so I'm glad that you and I have an opportunity right now to start to dispel that and to look at how how much social injustice plays into our belief systems and gets in the way of us seeing what's out there. Oh, thank you so much for correcting me. This is this is how I and everyone who comes from just pure privilege on every level, which I acknowledge, thin, white, ra- raised Christian, cisgendered, heterosexual. Like I, I am a walking privilege billboard. And if it wasn't for people correcting me or calling me out, I would have never even known social justice was a thing. So thank you for that emotional labor and being willing to tell me, I mean, I I want to understand. And I totally agree. It's easy to give someone like, oh, you're the, you're the poster child. Like, thank you. And God, we got to do our research. Like there's, there seems to be a history of marginalized folks long before doing this work. Yeah. And I think it's also really interesting if I could take some time to kind of put you on the hot spot here. Um, What's going on in your head right now? I'm wondering, are you able to just kind of accept and move on? Or are you feeling any kind of shame or um, like if if we could process this, I think it would be really so helpful for the whole audience right now to figure out how, how we do this. How we do this. Oh, I love it. I'm the, I'm, I'm the person for the job. If this would have happened two years ago, I would probably be dissociating in a wreck. Like, and I used to have that when I started on Instagram, I said um, a lot of things and luckily was corrected by a lot of people and started to understand social justice and privilege. Um, so it would have been really hard a long time ago. And it, authentically, honestly, right now, Lindo, I'm grateful because I, right? Like this is a public podcast and folks can hear this and model it. So I'm so grateful. I really am not having a shame storm. I feel like, shit, this work never ends. I'm like, oh, duh. And of course I assigned kind of like this, this savior complex to you. I look up to you. This is your movement. And I'm in this field. I know this stuff and I still fell into that trap. So um, just constant learning and unlearning, right? That's kind of how I'm feeling. Well, that's awesome. And I'm just so glad that you could say all that. Because first off, I need to learn better skills of how to say things in a way that doesn't um, trigger a shame storm for people, right? Which is really hard to do because um, um, you didn't do anything wrong, right? But there's a natural biological, physical response that happens to people when, you know, someone says to you, you made a mistake, right? And it, it's human, right? To like want to, like, like we all want belonging, to be loved, accepted, to be valued. And 
like any little threat to that is going to set up a biologic protective response, which is going to make us feel bad about ourselves and then, you know, want to do something with that. And if we have good skills, we're able to sit with that, let it flow over us, and then, you know, use our, um, our, um, executive functioning to then be able to say, whoops, made a mistake, you know, good to know, and then just like move on and use it as a valuable learning experience and not get caught in the shame. But a lot of people um, don't have that skill of emotional regulation and it stays with them, which again, I don't want to like shame anyone for feeling that that's a biological thing and it takes learning and skill to be in a place where you could um where shame which shame is a biological response where shame is something that that is a valuable learning experience and we don't get stuck in it we can use it for its biological value mm -hmm. and be grateful for it um, and so it's a way of like addressing human frailty and like finding the beauty in it and the value mm. in it. And um, you just demonstrated gorgeous skills with that. And, um, you know, and, and I also want to reemphasize that um, it makes sense that most of most people that there are so many people that believe that I'm the founder of the Health Every Size Movement, having written a book, and because it's been expressed by so many people, and so of course, right? It, it's not like bad people that are taking that on. So anyway, I, I mean, I think that this gets at the essence of what I'm talking about in my latest book, Radical Belonging, is. Um, how we all need to just keep developing our skills for recognizing human frailty and the beauty in that and just kind of sharing space in with one another as we all fumble and learn and feel like, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm feeling very connected to you with a lot of respect for you. Um, and all of that came from a little minor fumble, right? Yeah. If you had just like come from a place of invulnerability, you know, of just projecting everything that you 100% know true, we wouldn't have had this opportunity to see one another's humanity, right? So, this is what I'm trying to get across in my last book. And um, I'm really excited that we have opportunity to kind of delve into this idea of belonging. Oh, this is so much better than us intellectually explaining the book. Because this is a note that I wrote from, you know, the description of uh, using your nervous system. You want to rewire our nervous system to better cope with an unjust world. and. I'm curious, I don't know how I got from dissociating when I was called out to a point where I'm like really okay, like in my window of tolerance. How do we help folks develop that emotional regulation 
and be able to self-soothe and use that um, shame to grow instead of hide. I think that's, yeah. And we're, we're trying to demonstrate that, but you're probably going to do a lot better job than me at explaining how to build that tolerance and connection and vulnerability instead of like hiding in the shame. Yeah. Well, first off, um, you know what? You are going to disassociate sometime, you know, mm. sometime someone's going to call you out and the shame is going to be intense and you're just going to run away and you're going to get angry at them. Mm. Um, it's going to happen. <laughs> and um, I think part of it is just accepting that we have a range of possible ways of reacting to pain and um, disassociation and defensiveness are two of many. Um, and um, I think that the best skill that I can, I, I think we need to develop is rather than is accepting that, right? Accepting that part of being human is we feel pain. <laughs> and um, the more we can kind of just get curious about it, as opposed to feeling like getting stuck there and feeling like there's something wrong with us and we're bad people, the more we can get curious about it and develop our skills to just be compassionate with ourselves, that's what's going to be healing. So again, it's not running away from it or, or feeling or um, getting stuck in it. It's accepting the fact that we hurt sometimes, we hurt other people sometimes, we do bad things that we're not proud of sometimes. And um, yet, throughout all of that, we're still lovable, good people, right? And if we could develop the compassion for kind of sitting with it, we'll learn how to better use that stuff for value, you know? So if you hurt somebody, you recognize that, hey, there's opportunity to heal here too. Like I can apologize, I can figure out how to um, make things better. And you don't always have complete power over all of that. But um, you do have some power. And you can be kinder to yourself. You just are oozing compassion. <laughs> well, you know what? I, maybe that's because I feel like I need it so much. Like, I feel like I've been hurt so mm. much in the world, you know, and part of it is deserved. Like I've, I've done things that have been hurtful to other people. And I suppose what I would have wanted from them is like some forgiveness or compassion, you know, like more often than not, when I've hurt people, it's because it was out of fear or, um, um, yeah, and like not, and if they could have sat with me, like, 
uh, let me just give you like a really uh, a big example here that is, is um, like um, I used to have a problem around drugs, right? And um, you know, when I do drugs, what that meant was like I I have a, a partner that I've um, I love dearly. I think we've been together twenty seven years now. I mean, it's 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 an amazing relationship, and. In, when I was doing drugs, it was like checking out of the relationship, right? And it was secrecy. I was hiding it from her. And um, all that stuff was hurtful, right? Now, I didn't do that because I wanted to hurt that hurt her. I didn't do it because I was a bad person. I was doing it because, like, there were hard things going on in my life, and I wasn't um, courageous enough to share them with her and I was protecting myself. Right. And I think what I wanted and what I got from her, I mean, she's an amazing person. What I got from her when I finally like came clean, told her what I'd been doing was instead of rejection for all the ways in which I'd left the relationship and her, or not left the relationship, but you know, like I'd hurt her because I wasn't present. Right. There was like acceptance mm -hmm. and love, you know, for why it was so hard for me and a commitment to um, be there for me in my mm -hmm. pain. And if I could just check in with her when I'm feeling the need for drugs instead, that she would love me. Right. And just kind of sit with me when the temptation was there. Right. And it was that kind of love and compassion that got me out of addiction. And it was sharing in community with other people. It was when I stopped feeling like I was messed up and I let people into my world and let them know that I was hurting. And to me, that's the key. It's like we... There's so much compassion out in the world if you are if you find the right people that you can trust, right? That's, that's part of it. And you let other people in, but it's community that can save us. That is really hard. I mean, you're sharing like this deep, really, like really vulnerable, right? And your partner responded ideally. And it's like, that's so but, scary to be seen to show that part. Yeah. And um, in some ways I got lucky, right? Because not everybody does that, right? The typical response to addiction is to re to reject people, you know, to like feel like um, like what they're doing is so, so problematic to be angry, to be hurt, you know, to just tell them just say no, you know, like you're messed up. Okay. That's how we treat addiction, right? So this, we, so this is the new world I'm encouraging is like when you see somebody who is doing something that you feel is problematic, like where can you find the love and compassion in the meeting ground? And um, maybe there'll be different outcome 
if you can figure out how to do that. And I think that that is particularly important in these times where we see issues of, say, like social injustice coming up so strongly and racism. Um, in like, how do we take in this world <laughs> of pain and mistreatment? And, you know, um, do differently. And a lot of it's going to be about accepting that you don't have power over the world so much. And sitting with that and finding compassion. I have hard questions. So like every client who comes in my office for therapy, like this is the struggle and it feels for a lot of people right now, like politics are religious beliefs that there's a line in the sand of like any injustice is it's pretty black or white for a lot of people and flat, you know, people are distancing from families, losing loved ones. And what I'm, I want to hear you kind of apply that to this because I agree. And this is so, I feel like this is so hard. Like how do we apply compassion and acceptance when it feels like literal moral harm or literal harm with racism or, you know, or like the way we treat folks who don't fit this mythical norm, as you call it. How do we, what's that nuance of like acceptance and compassion when we really, someone doesn't um, fit our belief systems of morals and ethics? Uh, Tiffany, I don't really have an easy answer to this. Um, And I think that part of that, part of the reason is that I want to support a whole range of responses. You know, like certainly, um, like, particularly if you're a person who has been very much oppressed and you, you know, like, let's say, um, um, like a trans person who has met up with transphobia all their lives. And when they meet up with another experience of transphobia, anger is going to be a perfectly appropriate response to that. Um, And sometimes lashing out at that at a person is a perfectly appropriate response because it may it may make the person hear that what they say has a personal effect um so by my encouraging acceptance and compassion it doesn't mean that we lighten up on um our anger and acting out on that anger <laughs> Um, it, I want to open up to a wide range of responses of how we deal with injustice and encourage everybody to figure out what's the one or that works for them, which is going to be different based on every situation that they're in. And you've got to keep that balance of figuring out what is it that's going to be helpful for you? And also, 
you know, sometimes you're also considering what's going to be helpful for that other person and for the greater greater issue of the social world. And all, this is not easy, making all of those decisions. And so sometimes it's going to be um, speaking out angrily, and sometimes yeah. it's going to be tolerating and finding a way to kind of get in. And, you know, and I'm finding, like, um, in my extended family, I do have some people with very different political beliefs than me. Like I do have um, someone who's a very strong Trump supporter who's in my extended family that um, um, in the past, when I've responded angrily, like all it does is we fight and then we separate because we can't tolerate being around one another. And that goes on for long periods of time. And, you know, and then sometimes when we're together, we find other ways. And when I do that, like, I can find ways of understanding why this person believes what they do and the fear that's behind it and what they're protecting. And I can feel like a little bit of love for them despite right and it's in those times that i found that we've been able to have some pretty valuable conversations that have been helpful for both of us and again i'm not suggesting that everybody needs to get to that like yeah. um sometimes the um the fighting is what keeps us sane and um protects our world and um, makes the point that we don't tolerate this stuff. Um, so there, a non-answer. It's like, <laughs> I don't know how to deal with this, but I do know that it's individual and situational. That was, that was poignant and beautiful. And I, not just compassion comes from you, but this permission. And it's so relieving. Like, I just keep feeling my like shoulders drop, like, Oh, cool. Like I, there's not a perfect way to do this. I can be human. Like, I, I okay, cool. Like this isn't self betrayal. If I can also love people who I sometimes hate, like this is thank you. Like, just thank you person to person. If no one listens to this, it's, I think this is the point of your, your wish in your book is like this belonging. I feel belonging just hearing you struggle because I struggle with this too. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing that I want to add to that is that um, with this person, sometimes we go for long periods where like the anger is so intense and we're not talking to one another, you know, it's just like blood that kind of keeps us, um, that keeps us connected. Right. But, but you know what? I don't feel good during that time. Mm. Like it, it feels really ugly and bad to have so much anger and hatred towards somebody. So even though I think it's like, I need to do that sometime because I like, how do you tolerate someone who 
when you see their racism so explicitly, right? I mean, that is just so painful for me. Um, but what I do know is it doesn't sit well for me when uh, when I'm stuck in anger. So, um, so just being stuck in our political value system somehow like isn't enough. Like there's this human element where we're going to feel bad when we're disconnected, even if we have good reason not to like somebody. And I'll never get to a place where I will well, it's not nice to say this, right? I may never, I may never get to a place where I really like this person, right? But um, I can get to a place where um, we can still be family together, and I'll feel better for that. Yeah. I love the validation of emotion. Like if you're angry or need space, like that's, that's valid. Like safety, protecting yourself and safety. I don't know that anything should come before that. And I, I really love that validation of the emotion. And I relate to you. There's someone in my life I was really close to who literally said liberalism is a mental illness. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, a lot of racist beliefs, a lot of homophobic beliefs. Um, so we disagreed pretty like strongly on these things, but it gave a lot of, um, because I was committed to this relationship, I would call out the shame or call out and we'd wrestle and I love this person and we don't have any of the same beliefs or values, but what we could connect on was like, I want to wrestle with you to try to understand or love you for who you are in my life even though like your beliefs are somewhat intolerable to me and there's no like pretty line to walk I don't have any advice other than I'm just I, I love the idea of we will fight for belonging and that matters and it's hard to sit with that like disconnect yeah and you know you go back to your friends and your safe places and you tell the stories of disconnect that you had with this person and it's a, you can come back to yourself and feeling community because you're bonding over, um, you know, that difficult experience you had. So that's another thing that I think is helpful in the moment is remembering that you have community elsewhere and safe place. Right. And that, um, this, experience you're having can be healed elsewhere. Mm. There's some really powerful thoughts that. And, and, you know, and that makes me realize too, like how important it is for me to have, like, for example, I have a white affinity group and white people only. And we, um, we've been, well, we started out the group by reading a lot of stuff to learn about white privilege, but we, we don't do that as actively now. Now we're basically more of just kind of a support group to kind of have ideas with one another. And 
it's an awesome place because it's a safe place where like we don't have to worry about offending people of color when we have conversations. And so we can say the things we're scared of and have a place to help one another wander through them. And so I think it's so important that we are constantly like building safe community places for us to work out all the stuff that we have. Um, so some of that is just, you know, our good friends who are going to sit with us through all of the different things that go on in our life. Some of them are spaces that are specific around the topics that we're wrestling with, you know, like um, me feeling the need to always have a white affinity group. Um, and um, like we have to just keep building community places for, for ourselves. It's such a good idea. Yeah. And, you know, that's what you do as a therapist is you're building that, like, for your clients. That's yeah. what you're trying, you know, and you're trying to do that on your Instagram page is a place where people go and feel validated. Like, there's so many ways in which we have to keep creating these community spaces where people can feel affirmed. Throughout our discussion, I have moments of like that shame talk or like questioning myself or like, oh, so anyone listening, if you're feeling what I'm feeling, I can't like nail it. But well, it, let me shame. try to nail it for you. It's that feeling of we can never be doing enough. Mm -hmm. Right. Like I'm always actually maybe that's not resonating for you. It, yeah, that's part of it. Okay. All right. Well, is there any, well, I don't want to turn this into a therapy session. <laughs> please, <laughs> I feel please. that temptation, you know, to no, kind of, please yeah. therapize me, please. <laughs> <laughs> now, I mean, do you have any insight about like what, what's, what, what's the shame about? I don't know. Like, um, yeah, like I, I, how come I'm not, how come I don't know this? Or like, how come I'm not doing more? Or like, honestly, like people listening are probably like this, you know, <laughs> like I'm having multiple thoughts of like, people are going to think I'm a jackass and they're probably <laughs> right. <laughs> and but I'm noticing that I'm being curious about that. Like, why am I talking shit to myself right now? Like, because I'm inspired by what you're saying and I think it's good ideas. Why am I simultaneously talking shit to myself? I'm being curious about that. But also like, yeah, just wrestling with this weird, like I'm trying, I, I want to do better and I'm hearing your ideas and I'm like, gosh, a white affinity group, like interesting. I don't have a good answer. I'm wrestling with what I'm sure most of us wrestle with when we, want to do yeah. better we feel like how come I'm not already doing better like what what am I doing wrong like that shame's coming up and I'm trying to yeah. sink not let that take over but rather doing what you're saying being curious am I making sense yeah no you totally are and um I you know what I heard in that that gets really strong is that sense of um we can never be doing enough and anytime we hear a new idea instead of thinking wow that's an amazing idea we're thinking of our own inadequacy because we didn't think of it or we're not doing it. And again, you know, that's like a human tendency. 
And, but um, the gorgeousness in all of that is that you could also recognize that, um, um, like, oh, I just saw it. So in the next, I have opportunity to do something differently mm-hmm. in the future. Mm-hmm. And um, so you, instead of, you can look at any kind of shame or pain you run into as opportunity and, you know, something good, but um, it takes um, retrospect to be able to do that. First, you have to sit through the discomfort and none of us want to sit through discomfort, right? And I also want to emphasize, though, that um, this, you can never, like, that feeling of not doing enough, it's always going to be there. And I wish we could figure out how to lighten up on ourselves. It's a problem for me, too. Like, I think about all the things that I could do better. Um, and then I also recognize that, um, man, sometimes like I just need to survive and take care of myself. And of course I'm not doing everything. <laughs> and, and, you know, so can I just accept that and f- recognize that, yeah, there's a lot I'm not doing, but there is also a lot that I am doing that's providing value mm-hmm. for the world. And so maybe, I can, you know, acknowledge that and sit with that and give myself permission to be slower on the uptake with other things or to figure out what my priorities are and just accept the fact that I don't have limitations. Or, I mean, I'm sorry, that I do have limitations in terms of time and energy and that. I get to make choices about where my priorities are. My nervous system just did a big sigh. (laughs) (laughs) My shoulders dropped. Yeah. God. (sighs) Compassion and validation. You, You practice what you preach, which is really cool. And it's, I'm having this like dual process. I don't know if you've seen me um, say feel, deal, heal on Instagram. It was like a therapist idea I had and it's kind of turned into this little, you know, it's catchy thing, but that's what you're describing. You're like, you said it takes retrospect. I'm like, yeah, because your nervous system kicks in and you're dysregulated and it's just like shame, flooded, like (gasps) hyper arousal. And then that retrospect looking back, having shame or pain as an opportunity and like letting yourself feel that. Yo, I suck at that. (laughs) I'm not (laughs) trying to feel, I mean, I'll preach it all day, (laughs) but yeah. uh, And I'm, I'm experiencing with you. You see, but this is the, the magic point that I think I really want you to understand is that I suck at it too. Right. But yet you have this idealized version of me that, you know, I've got all the answers and that I live this and um, I don't, you know, like I'm talking about a path that all of us are on continually and that's hard. Mm -hmm. And I deal with the same stuff that you are talking about and I'm not very good at it sometimes. 
So, um, I, and the, the fact that we like idealize some people and think that, that, you know, there's another way of being human that's so much better than we are, I think says a lot like that, that human doesn't exist. Um, and if, and I need to figure out how to undermine like, because I think that I project that to other people and a lot of people put me into that role mm. and it's just so not me. I am mm. so hurting and so struggling on these mm. issues myself. And yes, I'm very good at having worked them out intellectually and yeah. telling you the process we need to do. But I need to keep reminding me of my, reminding myself of it and going through that process again and again and again, because just like everybody else, I'm not there. Please let me say, I'm sorry, because people do this to me too. I'm sorry. I'm projecting this like ideal human on you because people do that to me. And I'm like, what do you, of course I struggle, of course. And it's, it's weirds me out when people idealize me because I'm like, I, trust me, I am not, <laughs> I am not anywhere that you are not also. What's so cool about connecting with you is, yeah, you just embody this like belonging and validation and it makes me feel so safe. It makes me feel safe to struggle because you're open about that and so compassionate. I think this is the point. This is what you're talking about. That's so sweet. And that to me is like, like, this is why I wrote the book Radical Belonging was because this is what I want to evoke for people is um, this feeling. And honestly, one of the main reason I do that is because I don't have enough of it. Right. And I'm uh, so I'm searching for how I could keep creating that because I can feel so alone in the world and I need this. Um, and I too, right now, am feeling very connected to you. And like, we are successful at doing what it, what it is both of us are so committed to. And uh, that's nice. And I'm also feeling like, so scared. Like, this feels like such an intimate, vulnerable talk. Yeah. And it's going to be publicly available sometime. And, um, everybody gets to see me bumbling through my process and, um, I, you know, I'm going to be tempted afterwards to tell you, please don't air that. Um, and, um, um, yeah, so this (laughs) being human is just not so easy. And it's also really beautiful because at least at the moment, like, I'm feeling like I got a friend and, yeah. you know, like I am feeling very here in the moment and honored and loved and valued. And that's absolutely wonderful. This is, you know, what we're all looking for. Oh my God. I'm with you. There's been a couple of times I'm like, I got to hit, I got to stop recording. Cause we're just talking and it's beautiful because I'll feel myself like the shame or I'm, struggling with myself and you just bring it down by that connection, the validation, the compassion, the acceptance, like really gentle. And I think, God, I'm dying for this in my life to have someone just like be cool with me and to not demand me to be perfect because I already do that enough on myself. And 
it's thank you for a moment of, of belonging. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's time actually to end this recording. We've done it. We've gotten where we wanted to be, and um, you know. And I hope that, like it, that other people listening to this can feel it too, and to to figure out how. Like we always have opportunity to create this. I mean, you and I were strangers, and we got to this place in forty minutes. Um, and I think we're capable of doing this all over the place, but we need openness, you know, on both ends to be able to do this. This might be the coolest podcast I've ever recorded, like really not what I expected and really, really cool. Thanks. Good. Um, why don't we, I mean, why don't we wrap it up with some logistics? Awesome. What do you think? What do you want? Like, you know, tell people where they can find you. You have three published amazing works of literature um, that everyone should be reading. So, yeah, just kind of tell us where we can find you, what your books are, like, what's up? Okay, cool. Well, um, Books are like an evolution, you know, and so I've evolved to my latest thinking with my most recent book called Radical Belonging um, that just came out a few weeks ago. So that I'm really, really excited to share with the world. And of course, we talked about some of the big themes from that book. Um, so um, looking forward to more discussion on that. And my earlier books, the first was Health at Every Size and the second was Body Respect. And both of them were just looking at how difficult it is to be in our bodies um, from the perspective of weight, because there's so many weight judgments out there. And um, it leads to people just feeling bad about their bodies and feeling um like it's hard to eat comfortably and to exercise and be in our bodies. And my first book, Health at Every Size, was kind of the self-helpy look at that, you know, and how do you approach things from eating and exercise perspective and challenging cultural norms. Um, and in the second book, Body Respect, with my co-author, Lucy Afremore, we um, expanded that and recognized that you can't do this stuff alone because you're constantly in a world that's telling you that certain bodies are valued more than others. And so it looked at how do you bring in a social justice perspective to all of that and how are the two of them involved? Um, and so I'm, I will continue to write about this stuff and you can always find out what I'm doing by, um, I've got a web page called, um, lindobacon.com and I'm on social media on Twitter and Facebook I'm lindobaconx and on Instagram I just started there I'm lindobacon pretty straightforward and so I hope to connect with people and keep writing some more I love it okay I have a couple silly questions that I ask everybody uh oh, I hate silly it's questions. I'm pressure. just not good at that stuff. Well, one. Okay. It's not. It's not 
too silly. It's real life. <laughs> if you were going to get a face tattoo. <laughs> oh, no. What would it be? Pressure. Pressure's on. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? It's like, that just brings up body image stuff. Like, mm-hmm. it, because it brings up, oh, no, like, focus on my face and, uh, like, um, like, it's not just um, like what message do I want to send out to people, but um, like they're going to be looking at me and wow. judging me. And am I attractive? And do mm. I really want people to be looking at my face and bring attention to it? Um, so that is just not a silly, easy question there. That that one is That's loaded. Big deal. Yeah. And thanks yeah. for saying that. No one's ever said that. And I think most people just are like, oh, you're asking me, but you're right. So um, that's a great answer right there. <laughs> All right. So am I off the hook then? Can I yeah. stop? <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, thank you so much. I mean, this is a really, really cool episode. It's been so fun. Everyone check out uh, Lindo's work. We'll put those links to your social media and web pages and books in our show notes. Um, thanks, everybody. Yeah. Awesome to have this time with you, Tiffany. Thank you. I appreciate you tuning in and supporting the Therapy Thoughts podcast. If you want to dive deeper into intuitive eating and body image and self-love, head over to tiffanyrow.com. It's the hub of all of my courses, the podcast, my merch, and information about doing counseling and coaching with me. I hope you guys stick around for more. We have lots of exciting interviews and thought leaders coming onto the podcast. So until next time, may you be well. Thanks for listening to the Therapy Thoughts podcast, but remember, this podcast is not therapy. This is for general informational purposes only. The information on this podcast is not intended to diagnose or treat any condition, illness, or disease. This also isn't intended to be financial, legal, medical, or therapeutic advice. Make sure you're always working with your own personal licensed mental health counselor. May you be well.